Hello and welcome to the Lemonade Initiative podcast, the place where we tell you stories of people who made the best out of sour situations. I'm Robert, sorry for the late episode this week, Um, but today we've got a very interesting story to tell. So, um, still without my co-host, it's just hard to coordinate schedules and, and other things like that. But before we get into the story... Let me just tell you, I'm going to do all the plugs up front. We have our social media profiles. Um, On Facebook, we've got a page there called The Lemonade Initiative. um, Instagram, we also have. Our Instagram handle is um, the.lemonadeinitiative. And then our Twitter handle is something I can never remember. I remember it's weird though. Take those lemons. That's what it is. Take those lemons. So check us out there. Um, <coughs> so sorry. And then also, I just want to encourage anybody who needs somebody to talk to this holiday season, especially if you're trying to be responsible and social distance, give us a call. We've got a Google Voice number that we've set up specifically to. Uh, to connect with you, find people. I'm just trying to find that number again. Just one second here. Um, that number is 234-564-2106. And give us a call there. And we'll initially let it go to voicemail, but then we might call you back if you're willing to do that. Or you can also text that number. Encourage anybody who's just in need of some friendship this uh, season give us a call and we'll be happy to chat with you so without further ado here is this week's lemonade initiative podcast when it all started politics seemed so toxic but not serious in 1769 i was not thinking about taxation laws from a little island across the sea. I was too busy to get my head all tied up in knots fighting with my neighbors. I could not spare the emotional strength to carry someone else's principles. I was too busy keeping my house together. In March, reports came in out of Boston. I would only hear the whispers of those reports, but they were saying that the soldiers started killing boys in the street. There were those who said that the Bostonians brought it on themselves by being so rambunctious. I have loyalist family who said it was their duty to pay their taxes and keep the peace. They said that they deserved it for being criminals. But I do not believe that someone deserves to die for speaking their mind. And I did not think that then either. None of that seemed right to me. But what was I going to do? Take up my husband's musket and go kill every lobster back who kills a man in the streets without a trial? I had children to care for, a household to manage, and a reputation to uphold. As time wore on, I found myself sympathizing more and more with the rebels. When they threw the tea into the harbor, I thought that was a little extreme, but I did appreciate the nonviolent protest. When the Congress convened, my uncle would not cease to chatter about the ludicrous nature of the whole idea. Our family had prospered because of British rule. 
My uncle would say Georgia had the right idea to sit this one out. When the British invaded Boston, we were not concerned. So said my uncle. We were law-abiding citizens who would welcome law and order if they came to Long Island. His tune changed a little bit after the news broke of Bunker Hill. Just a little bit of concern crept into his heart. I had a copy of Mr. Payne's tract. I kept it in the kitchen where my loyalist family would never find it. They would sit and mimic each other and sound all the thicker for it, but I heard whispers whenever I did get out of independence. I could not admit to myself or anyone else the excitement I felt when that Congress declared independence. The excitement in New York was insatiable. The anticipation was thick in the air. How exciting it would be to witness history and be rid of the oppressive King George. After Bunker Hill, it seemed like we had the war all but won, even though we lost that battle. When the British naval ships sailed into the harbor and the sea of redcoats flooded off their decks, our hopes started to slip away. They wandered the streets and occupied our homes. My uncle felt safe. I did not. The ladder fell out from under Colonel Hale's body, and he writhed and struggled for life. Only moments before, he said, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. The light and love of God left his body and New York. He hung by the neck in Town Square as a reminder that King George did not tolerate traitors. As people fled the city, they came to Long Island. The refugees clogged our streets, filled them with crime. This created a need for more soldiers. What started as a nuisance that filled our parlor talk and seemed like a problem for Boston quickly became a problem for me. I knew how to cook for my family. I knew how to clean laundry. But had someone set a rifle in my hands in that era, I would have driven a bayonet into every single soldier I saw. I know how to stick a chicken, even if I do not know how to load a rifle. When my neighbor Abraham Woodhall approached me and instructed me to meet him in a dark alley in town, he told me of the new Culper family. He was starting to help the revolution. I didn't hesitate to help. As I considered my crime, I realized that on one level it is treason, but how silly and frivolous do the British seem that I am at risk of being hung by the neck for hanging my linens. As I pin my petticoat to the line, I can't help but recall the image of Nathan's feet going limp. My secret messages I send with washed handkerchiefs suddenly do not seem so silly. When the war is over, my husband and I will live in the peaceful country we helped build. I do not need credit for bringing to light the betrayal of Benedict Arnold, and I do not need a statue built to my honor. I just need my husband to come home off that prison ship. I need my family to be together again. I need my children to have a father. It is time to live an unnoteworthy life. I am Anna Smith-Strong. Some people think I am Agent 355. I just see myself as a patriot. Anna Smith-Strong was a woman living in Long Island. Her participation in the Culper spy ring 
one of our country's first intelligence agencies, can't be verified, and many historians believe she is not the elusive Agent 355, a female member of that ring. But her husband, Celia B. Strong, was captured in 1778 and kept as a prisoner on HMS Jersey on charges of treason. So at the very least, she was a woman who had a husband in prison for treason. In a heavily occupied city and several small children, on these counts alone, she is a hero in my eyes. Many do believe she is you know, the anonymous Agent 355 who played a hand in the capture of British Officer Major John Andre and the discovery of his co-conspirator Benedict Arnold. It is also believed that she used her loyalist family connections to convey messages to Woodhall and Townsend, two confirmed members of the Culper Spy Ring, by hanging her clothes on a line within view of the bay in a certain pattern. The Patriots in the War for American Independence were rebels against the British Crown. There were many common people who played vital roles in that rebellion. These men and women uncovered an ideal that proved to be with withstanding. So sorry. They uncovered an ideal that proved to be withstanding. There is no divine right of kings. The cause that is right is the cause of the people. And although it took four score and seven years for the Union to even begin to realize civil rights of all people, these patriots were not the rebels. It was the men that hung Nathan Hale for loving liberty who were the rebels. But 35,800 people died as a direct cause of this war on human rights. And 1,304,680 Americans died defending what they believed to be the cause of human freedom. Just like Anna Strong, we common folk need to rise and rebel against tyranny and attempts to strip us of our rights. Have courage and stand up against tyranny in any form. And have the strength to not lose your compassion while you do it. This is in no way a detailed historical account. I took a lot of creative liberty in creating this. I have cited the works I relied on, but the point remains. Anyone with the will to do the right thing can accomplish amazing things with enough courage. Tune in next week for our 
podcast episode about a very impressive man named Dashrath Manjahar, a man who literally moved mountains for love. We'll see you next week.